0: finally find your healthy balance. Welcome to the Healthy Balance Me podcast, a place where you can hear from experts in the health, wellness and fitness fields. Each week I'll catch up with a variety of specialists who will give you practical advice to help you achieve your healthy balanced lifestyle without missing out on actually enjoying it. Okay, hi, hi, everybody. I hope you're all having a great day so far. I am absolutely delighted to be chatting with Dr. Fariel this morning. So, Dr. Fariel is a focuses on women and is a naturopathic functional medicine doctor. I will let her explain a little bit more about that when I chat to her. Um, I think you're going to find this uh, podcast really fascinating and really interesting. So the purpose of season two of this podcast is really to focus on ways that we can build our strength and resilience, particularly with everything that's going on in this crazy, crazy world at the moment, um, and find ways to take care of ourselves a little bit better. So that's what this chat falls into this category, really, to talk about how we can take care of ourselves and some of the things that we can look out for. Um, signs and symptoms to be aware of and what we can do about them. So let's dive straight in. Dr. Fariel, thank you so much for joining me. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and exactly what it is that you do?
1: (laughs) I get that question all the time, right? Um, So thank you very much, Sarah, for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, So I am a naturopathic doctor. I graduated from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Canada. So I'm Canadian trained. Uh, where I'm from. And um, basically, in terms of naturopathic medicine, I can explain what that is to you and then you'll know better what I do. So it's a very comprehensive system of medicine that is looking at treating the person as a whole. So uh, we, we don't treat parts and we don't treat um, you know, s- symptoms aside of looking at why the person is having those symptoms in the first place. So as you would know, symptoms, whether it's pain or whether it's any kind of disturbance, is just is a message that the body sending you that something's out of balance, right? So um, you need to be able to look at, well, what is the reason that you're getting that symptom? So if I were to give you an example of people who may come to see me, let's say, who have stomach pain, right? Let's say there are 10 people who come and say to me, I'm just experiencing a lot of stomach pain. Each of them would leave with a completely different treatment protocol because it's tailored to them. It's customized to that person and to that person's biochemical individuality and their physiology. And as to why each person is going to have a different reason as to why they're having the stomach pain. So we don't give the same prescription to everybody because we're treating the root cause. So it's root Mm. cause medicine. It's holistic. It's looking not just at the physical, but also the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the genetic, you know, inherited um, factors that contribute to illness, environmental. So an intake with me, if a patient were to come see me for the first time is easily an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. And we're looking at all these things. And then we're also looking at, um, you know, just how they deal with stress, how they sleep, a lot of lifestyle type of factors. So, you can see that it would end up being quite customized to that person. And I only use natural therapy, the natural medicines, because as naturopathic doctors, we believe that the body has an inherent ability to heal itself if you give it the right support and the right nutrients, right? So, Mm -hmm. the term functional medicine has come much, much later, meaning it's it's more recent. Mm -hmm. And I've been really lucky that my training was already including the functional medicine perspective, right? So for me it's sort of interchangeable Um, and so we also have access to certain kinds of tests and assessments, you know, it's a beautiful blend of you know the ancient traditional healing methods with sort of the modern cutting edge evidence-based Uh, treatments.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, just your description then of coming to see you completely different to going to your typical doctor who might have 10, 15 minutes to have a quick consultation with you. And as a general rule, they're treating the symptom. So if you go to them with a stomach pain, they will try and help you get rid of that stomach pain. Yeah. So that is
1: the distinction, right? Because uh, you might be waiting in the, lo- in the waiting room longer than you would be. Yeah. <laughs> the- the- um, and so, yes, generally, conventionally speaking, they will be treating the, the symptom that you come into the clinic with. And the thinking is that once the symptom disappears, the problem disappears. Mm. But from an orthopedic point of view, it's completely different. You know. So we use the analogy that if you're in your home and you have uh, a leak from your roof, the conventional approach would be just take a bucket and collect the water, right? But does that actually treat the the root cause of why the leak is there in the first place? So the naturopathic mm-hmm. approach would be, well, no, let's find out where is the leak coming from and let's patch up the root.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have quite a good example of that myself. So my youngest son has an um, autoimmune disease that's linked to gluten and dairy allergies. Um, and we took him to see Um, typical doctors numerous times with stomach problems with constipation, diarrhea, various different things. And the treatment was always uh, take this to stop him going to the toilet. He's got constipation. So stop him, give him this to help him go to the toilet. Nobody really took the time to say, why is he having this problem? Um, And it was only when we went to see somebody who helped us find the why that we treated the root cause of
1: it. And he's a completely different child. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm so happy to hear that. And, you know, with that personal experience, you're in a position also to be able to, you know, educate other people on mm-hmm. on how, right? Having said that, you know, I, I think conventional medicine definitely has its place yep. and um, it's important. It's helped us in so many ways with certain medical advances to save lives, right? So, yeah. so it has, its yeah. for chronic diseases and for things that come up on a regular basis, the issue is that when, a person is prescribed tons of antibiotics or they're prescribed chemical drugs and then they keep having to take stronger and stronger drugs which is what is normally seen for a chronic disease and or they're having to add more drugs to their regimen to deal with the side effects of the Mm. chemical drug. This becomes problematic because then we are creating a toxic burden inside the system and the the body is, is very challenged and stressed to be able to get those toxins out of the body, right? So mm-hmm. when it comes to natural medicine, I want to also say that natural doesn't necessarily mean safe. It's really important that people are not self-medicating, which is happening a lot because we just go to Dr. Google, right, to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the sort of misconception is that if it's natural, it's like taking a food, so it's gotta be safe. But, um, but that is not true. There can be interactions even with herbal medicines or botanicals or Chinese medicines or what have you, there can be interactions with supplements with uh, natural medicines that are being taken with pharmaceutical medicines. And it's important that people appreciate that there are different natural medicines for different types of, um, you know, the, the picture that's coming for the same condition. So for example, if we talk about something like thyroid, hypothyroidism, or if we talk about lupus, it's not gonna be the same in two people. Mm-hmm. right two people who present with hypothyroidism might still present very differently and so the treatment cannot be the same
0: yeah yeah absolutely so in your clinic what are the typical conditions that you see i mean i was doing some research on you before we did this podcast and you do so many different things you that your brain must be exploding <laughs> you cover yeah. so many different areas so what's your sort of your typical client that you would see
1: So my my practice has remained quite eclectic ever since i started so i've been in practice for 16 going on 17 years now and i've been really privileged in that i've been able to combine my passion for travel with my practice so the beauty of what i do is that i can sort of take it anywhere in the world right um and so though i started off in canada and practiced there for 10 years i then also have practiced in the dominican republic i've practiced in uh, south africa for a number of years i still maintain part-time practice there Um, and then I practiced in Dubai of course and still am and so it's been quite varied because in certain countries depending on where I was living I was the only one that was doing what I was doing and so I would have a huge range of different conditions presenting so although I still see a lot more women than I see men right women are a lot more proactive it seems about their health. Um, so I cover a lot more of female hormonal type of issues whether it's you know, very bad PMS or you know, the absence of periods or polycystic ovarian syndrome, menopause, um, what have you. And um, you know even difficulty with conception and so on. But then I also treat a lot of endocrine related issues. So I see a lot of disorders with the thyroid a lot of insulin resistance and diabetes, pre-diabetes um, and a lot of pain syndromes. So lots of headaches, you know, whatever pain it is, could be stomach pain, could be arthritis, um, back pain and so on. So, it, and it's varied. And then I still see the typical cardiovascular issues with high blood pressure, you know, high cholesterol. So it, it's, and and skin conditions, <laughs> oftentimes, oftentimes I will have women coming in to see me because it's more about vanity before health right so it's my hair is falling out or I've yeah. got really bad acne, or I've got this terrible rash and then as we dig deeper we find out that there's actually a, a, an underlying condition that's that's uh, creating that yeah and I guess
0: you could please correct me if I'm wrong a lot of those things that you've described they all kind of start in a similar place they're all linked to inflammation of some way in the body
1: 100%. I mean there is there's a low grade inflammation that I think a, a lot of us are walking around with just mm. because of the kind of modern day fast paced lifestyle that we're living um, and then we're bombarded with all kinds of you know toxins from the environment pollutants and so on um, digital devices have also exploded in the last you know decade now we're at a 5G network that's rolled out in many countries and No, there's good and bad with that. Um, I guess that's a topic for discussion for another day. But um, (laughs) the the reality is that it it is one of these things where inflammation seems to be there all the time. And then we have situations in which that inflammation really increases. And it is the key driver. It is the underlying factor for all chronic diseases. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, a typical day in my practice is never the same, which is good because it's always interesting. And I learn a lot from my patients as well. And I think this pandemic, interestingly, although it's been very scary and it's been stressful in some ways, I I do like people to sort of stop and think about what the gift is in the pandemic, because in a way it's it's forced us to slow down Mm. and reevaluate things a little bit. And so hopefully that's helped people to to pay more attention to self-care
0: as well yeah absolutely I think I've spoken to a huge number of people who said actually in some ways you know obviously there is the stress of the pandemic and the financial implications as well but in a lot of ways you know they've actually really enjoyed being at home spending more time with their families eating meals together and not rushing 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 everywhere it's been a nice change in that way
1: when I was talking to a colleague the other day and you know we even had the discussion to say well if we can do all the stuff and have our meetings and still help people and treat people and do what we have to do and she also teaches why would we ever go back to being stuck in traffic and you know worrying about everything to get to a place and, and being stressed out and it's it's very interesting it's an interesting question um,
0: yeah
1: having said that of course the social Connections are also important. I think a lot of people have been feeling quite isolated, mm-hmm. um, especially the elderly population. So, yes, yeah, so it's, it's, it's very interesting times we're living in.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Crazy times.
0: <laughs> so um, one of the things that I love about what you do, I mean, when you look at the, the different treatments that you do, so you do the conventional Western medicine, depending on what needs to be done, but you also do a lot of Chinese medicine and the cupping and the acupuncture as well. So how do they work together?
1: Yeah, so let me just, if I can correct you. So I don't do the conventional medicine in terms of treatment, which is which is primarily pharmaceutical. Okay. Right? So I don't treat using any pharmaceutical drugs. Ah,
0: okay, fine. Yeah.
1: All of my therapies are completely natural. Ah, okay. Um, to say, but of course, with my training, so the medical training is the same as for a uh, typical conventionally trained medical doctor because we have to know all of the drugs people are taking and how they're impacting their systems. And you know the, the reality is that although we're considered primary care doctors, most of my patients, I would say 90% of people coming to see a naturopathic doctor are coming to see the naturopath after seeing oh, five so. six of the conventional doctors and specialists. And so they're already taking probably three, four, five. I mean, I've had patients who are on 17 drugs for different wow. things. And I have to know what those drugs are doing and then when I'm trying things, how those things are gonna interact, right? Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's in that respect, it's conventional in terms of testing and things like that. But then when we, when we are approaching treatment and how I assess a patient, I am using um, other kinds of advanced functional medicine testing that give us more information about a person's physiology. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we look at things like for example acupuncture has been a huge part of my practice I love doing acupuncture because firstly it's so holistic I can pick acupuncture points for different things going on with that patient and treat you know a few things at once and of course the root cause uh, but the other beauty about it is that because a lot of conditions as you said before are driven by inflammation but that inflammation is driven by stress mm-hmm. So when anyone is in that constant fight or flight mode, they are releasing all these stress hormones and they are constantly in a situation uh, where they're kind of seeing you know, these red flags all the time and the body gets, gets exhausted from trying mm-hmm. to deal with these insults, if you want to call it that, right? So um, when I do acupuncture, it automatically places their nervous system into what we call the parasympathetic or the relaxed state. Mm -hmm. And the the healing only happens in a relaxed state. There is no healing happening when a person is is constantly sympathetically activated. Mm. So along with that, there will be formulations that I use. And it's all, it really is all about, I just get a sense from the patient what they're comfortable with. Of course, if a person is terribly scared of needles, I'm not gonna do acupuncture. (laughs) Fair enough. So, but we have different things in our toolkit between homeopathic combination remedies, between botanicals, other you know, natural medicines and nutrients and vitamins and, and minerals. And then the cornerstone of my practice is diet. So I spend a lot of time looking at what a person is putting into their body um, as well as what's coming out. And uh, it, it is really fundamental because for me, food is medicine and, and we're either feeding ourselves or we're feeding whatever is inside of us that is creating a disease Mm.
0: I think you know that's fascinating and so many people don't make the link between what they're putting into their body and how they feel so you know people who are feeling sluggish and tired and they're not sleeping very well every day don't necessarily think it might be the processed food that they're eating for example
1: yeah or the 10 cups of coffee (laughs) yeah and uh, we know this we can see the link between food and mood just when you talk about something like caffeine right because if you're feeling a little bit sluggish and you have a cup of coffee hopefully it kind of perks you up and boosts you a little bit but when we get to the point of having you know four and five and six and more cups and it's not good quality coffee and it's instant coffee and we're having white sugar and we're having dairy and we're having all the beautiful dessert coffees out there then yeah, the, the body then starts to get bombarded, the adrenal glands become depleted, um, and people are, a lot of people are tired and wired, right? Yeah. And then yeah. they're not sleeping well because they can't shut their minds down. That has further consequences because sleep is so crucial to, to our health, to our longevity, to correcting our physiology while we're sleeping. There's lots going on to help clean out house, you know? Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, definitely. And it's fascinating how many people sort of drinking four or five cups of coffee during the day, then don't sleep very well at night, then they have a sleep hangover in the morning because they haven't slept very well. So they get straight back onto the coffee. (laughs) And it's really this cycle that's really difficult to get off of.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So so a lot of my job is connecting the dots, really. Mm. That most people who end up in my office um, end up there because intuitively somewhere they realize you know what I've been doing isn't making sense. There's mm. got to be a way, or I'm not getting better. I'm getting worse, and I think they know that a lot of it is going to come from them taking charge of their own health and, and doing something that just like you know is is I would like to say more intelligent, right, than just popping pills because you you can't take a pill for every ill and then not expect consequences, mm-hmm. right? When we talk about people who have high cholesterol, for example, they don't have high cholesterol because they have a statin deficiency, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's greater than that. We have to look at, well, where is that coming from? So um, so once people, once I can help connect the dots between their uh, sleeping patterns, for example, or their dietary choices, or you know whether they have the resilience to deal with stress, what are the stress coping mechanisms, right? How are their relationships? Um, all of these are important. These are all important aspects. And a lot of people with certain kinds of conditions, uh, oftentimes it's a mental emotional component mm. that uh, has been going on for a while that finally then triggers uh, the physical manifestation of that mm. condition.
0: I, I find it so interesting when I work with my clients on just with the health coaching. And they might come to me and say, right, I'm having trouble sleeping and this is my main problem but actually once you go through the coaching and you work with them and you sit and talk to them the same way you do for an hour or so about their different aspects of their Mm -hmm. life it's actually something else that's causing that problem (laughs) it's not just that you can't sleep it's why can't you sleep um and I think so many people don't take the time to really sit and talk about it or consider themselves from that holistic point of view and put all those pieces together
1: yeah, and, and you can't blame them because oh. they have been so conditioned to look at the mainstream approach, um, which is, oh, you've got this pain, take this pill, the pain should disappear and off you go, continue functioning, get on with your day, yeah. right? Um, and we are living in this fast-paced world, as we said before, so you've got to keep going. you got to keep functioning. You have your responsibilities and work demands, and then you still have family responsibilities. Um, and a lot of us, you know, in our generation are not just dealing with kids. We're also dealing with our aging parents, mm-hmm. right? We're in the middle, like I'm finding that more and more being pulled in these directions of, of obligations towards um, what you need to do for your kids, but then also towards taking care of an elderly parent so it's, it's tough times right now, you know, and, uh, and in this climate, it's, it's even harder Yeah, because and you find time for yourself in the middle of all of that. <laughs> so a lot of times that's all I'm talking to them about is how can we do this? How can we figure this out and create some boundaries, right? Boundaries are a problem. People feel guilty. They do a lot of things out of guilt or out of duty, you know, and, and that's fine, but it's important. We have to dig into all of these emotional things and, and, you know, the energies that they're carrying around with them. It's, it's, yeah, it's vast, right? Like it, it's so yeah. many things. I mean, interestingly, just to go back to your point, I had a patient today who came in, it was sort of a, almost like the walk-in. She had a really, really bad right-sided migraine. Right. And I um, actually thought that I was just going to give her like an injection of some kind. I think she, she, wanted, this is the thinking, right? Just give me yeah. something for the migraine. And um, of course, I wanted I wanted her to get some relief, so I did give her a treatment of acupressure massage, which gave her a little bit of relief. But as we started talking and as I started explaining to her the naturopathic approach, I come to find out that she has had H. pylori a couple of months ago, H. pylori infection, for which she was on antibiotics for a month. Mm. She has been taking literally every other day for these pains and aches and pains and headaches and from taking the antibiotics she started having digestive disturbances lots of pain in the stomach so has been taking painkillers also for the stomach right she uh, has been trying to conceive she had an ectopic pregnancy first a year later has had another pregnancy but went through a miscarriage and had a dnc for that she gained 10 kilograms in one year from last year to this year so there's all these underlying issues. And I said the same thing Like you know, this migraine is not just about pain in your head or, or some sort of issue with, you know, the, the, the vessels not being dilated properly or what have you. It is about all of these things because you have all this inflammation in your body. You obviously have some toxins going on that are contributing. Mm-hmm. You've got some food intolerances. You've got this whole disruption of your microbiome. Um, and healthy bacteria for your digestive health. Um, so there are quite a few things that we, and uh, ultimately these are the things that need to be addressed, you know? Yeah. So it was a complete from the moment that she came in thinking she was just going to get where you go, And then there I was, you know, an hour and a half later. And, and I think she was so grateful and, and got it and understood the connections. And so now we're going to work with each of these things and fix up her diet and her stress management and so on.
0: So, yeah. yeah yeah it's amazing it you know so different to what people expect when they go to the doctors like you say you expect just to be given a medicine and sent off on your merry way (laughs)
1: yeah I'm also a little bit different in that I really believe that less is more so if we can fix whatever's going on with tweaking the lifestyle getting you to sleep more you know um changing the diet and making sure that you're eating things that are feeding you and removing obstacles to, to helping you feel better, great. If I don't have to add any natural medicines, awesome. Yeah. But if I, if I do have to add medicines, I'm still cautious about not prescribing seven or eight or nine things. I, I, I treat what needs to be treated. And this is where the testing is really helpful because a lot of the testing that we do, um, it, it, because it's more advanced, It gives us such a big picture of what is happening and 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 how things are being metabolized what is going on with the person so that the treatment is targeted Mm. you know and i think people really appreciate that because uh it it helps them understand also what's going on inside their bodies and i spend a lot of time explaining results to patients as well which they're not used to you know they're they're uh a doctor through their blood tent or go through a hormone panel Discussion with them, or whatever other testing that we're doing, and they really appreciate it because then they really start to connect with themselves.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's the, I think that's the nail on the head, isn't it? That's the bit that's missing the, from the conventional medicine, allowing people to connect with themselves and understand themselves better.
1: Yeah, um, probably that is one of the key things, definitely, and um, and also just allowing the patient to kind of, uh, you know navigate their path. So so for me, I'm a partner in health. You know, I'm not the kind of doctor that's going to fix you and give you stuff and fix you and away you go. It's not like that. And the reason that I spend the time with the patient and explain things to them and we figure it out together is because I want them to be accountable for their own health and I want them to take charge of their health and to feel empowered. Mm-hmm. And one of the tenets of naturopathic medicine, besides, you know, do no harm and um, the healing power of nature and all of these is the concept of, of doctor as teacher. And so for me, that is, that's really huge because I'm doing a lot of educating, um, to, to be able to help that patient to understand that their body has the wisdom. You know, the body is amazing. It's got the wisdom to bring them back into balance and to bring them back into that homeostasis, but they have to honor that process and they have to a look at you know well where are the obstacles let's work at removing those obstacles those stresses whatever they may be and then um, honor your body and honor it, the wisdom that it inherently has to, to fix itself by giving it what it needs yeah and sometimes that could just be as simple as go to bed an hour early
0: yeah <laughs> I think you know we, we as we spend so much time thinking being told what to do, So you're told you should eat like this. You should eat this particular diet. You're told you should exercise in this particular way. And that doesn't necessarily suit all of us. We're all completely individual. We all react differently to different things. And and I love the the listening to your own body. And it's something that I talk about with my clients a lot um, and on my social media about your body is hugely intuitive. It knows what to do. (laughs) It knows how to look after you. But we're not taught how to listen to it.
1: Yeah, that is true. And so people like you are so critical for helping people to to basically learn learn about themselves and the signals that they're getting. I mean, something as simple as like if I get a slight a slight niggling headache, the first couple of things I ask myself: Have I had enough water today? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Did I eat properly? Did I sleep well? Whatever. So these are things because my body's telling me something's not right. So, and typically dehydration, maybe you haven't drank enough water. And as soon as I drink enough water, that pain goes away. So it's also about um, learning the signals that your body's sending you before it becomes a full blown issue. Mm. Right. We have a saying in in our circles that uh, if you listen to your body, when it's whispering to you, you won't have to listen when it's screaming at you and it (laughs) you in your tracks. And I think that's another unfortunate um, consequence of, of just how we've been conditioned in terms of, of mainstream medicine is that oftentimes I have patients who come to me and um, you know, it's clear to me that they're going in the direction of diabetes or they're going in the direction of developing a thyroid problem or what it, whatever it may be. And I'll say to them, well, because they come in with their reports that were done at another doctor's office, and I'll ask them, well, what happened? What did the doctor say? And they'll oftentimes they'll say to me oh the doctor said no they're going to wait until i actually am out of range and then they'll treat me so they'll actually wait until i'm diabetic and then they'll treat me right which is completely the the opposite of how we uh, approach health and wellness because a lot of it is preventive so the moment that i see someone going in the wrong direction i'm already starting to treat them because i don't want them to end up with that diagnosis you know uh so this is another yeah and i cannot hear you i don't know if it's near you but i think you're my might be
0: so sorry going back to what you were saying then so that you you don't let people get to the point where their body's screaming at them
1: yeah ideally right we don't want to get them to that point but of course as i said before a lot of people are already dealing with the chronic disease and have been on so many medications and, and start to realize that they're not getting better they're getting worse and then that's when they end up in my office and then I have to sort of you know reverse all the stuff they're doing and try to get them back on track and and uh like I said this is why it's so important for the patient to take charge because I can only advise them to a point and help them to a point they they have to be the ones to do the hard work
0: yeah absolutely absolutely um, and changing tack a little, something that I'm, I'm interested in, it's something that I get asked about a lot, and I'd love to know your thoughts on it. So uh, testing for food allergies is, is more and more common these days. Lots of people are doing it, and there's really differing schools of thoughts on it. So I'd love to know what you think about, about it, and if you test for food allergies in any way.
1: No, so I, I test for food allergies, but I also test for food intolerances, which are two mm-hmm. different things. So of course the allergies is looking at a segment of the immune system that's going to mount an allergenic, could even be an anaphylactic response to taking a food. So if you have people who are allergic to peanuts or allergic to shellfish or whatever, that's looking at a different segment of their immune system, right? Usually um, with the immunoglobulins. The food intolerances, however, is a test that looks at different Uh, a varied number of tests, uh, excuse me, which can even be around 250 different kinds of foods and spices and so on. And what we're looking at is the immune system's reaction to these foods that has developed over time. And what I found is that a lot of people become intolerant to the foods and and sensitive to the foods that they actually love. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, that, That seems to be the trend. And so, but we have, the, the the typical culprits will be things like dairy, so anything coming from a cow, you know, eggs, um, uh, chicken, even, and then wheat is a big one. Mm-hmm. Citrus can be a big one. Corn is another one. I also see peas coming up a lot. Um, certain kinds of nuts, and so there could even be some cross, um, you know, how do we say, like families of foods that resemble each other. Yeah. And so um, cross intolerance is that way, but essentially it's looking at, at the I, the immunoglobulins that would be mounting a response to something that your digestive system is not happy with. And then we start to get what's called leaky gut,
0: Yeah,
1: which you know very well. And I'm sure your listeners know quite well as well. Um, so yeah, so in terms of interpretation, you're right. There, there is controversy and I think it's all about the, the interpretation of it. So when I'm looking at someone who's got a lot of issues, I think there is value in doing these tests um, because they have to remove the offending food. Mm. Otherwise we are constantly adopting the immune system and then you're going to keep just going one step forward, two steps back, even with treatment. So we need to get the immune system to completely calm down and the only way to do that is to remove the very, very highly intolerant and offending foods. And then over time, uh, they can slowly reintroduce those foods back and see how they feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's good to know. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, so I guess I think we've probably covered a whole load of stuff there. Really fascinating subjects. I hope everybody found it really interesting. Is there anything that you would like to? to kind of leave as a final thought for people?
1: I think that uh, one of the things that I would like to leave people with just with the climate we're in right now, which I think you and I talked about just Mm -hmm. before we started the podcast, um, is that, you know, when it comes to, especially this virus, right? uh, I think that it is going to be really important for people to look at their internal systems and To equip themselves with what they need internally to deal with the virus and and any of its consequences, as opposed to looking at the external, um, right, for answers. So I would really encourage and invite people to use this time to reevaluate their diets, you know, whether they're eating um, to actually feed them their bodies and their cells, and and you know, are they eating in a way that's going to build their tissues, build their immune cells, build their hormones and their brain chemicals and so on. And um, that there are lots of wonderful natural medicines that you can even use in terms of herbs and spices that are gonna boost the immune system. And those are the things that I think people should start doing right now so that even if they do contract the virus, because it is said that about 70% of the world's population is gonna contract this virus at some point, maybe more than one, right? And so we don't want to end up in a situation where you, uh, you know, have a poor outcome. So if you equip your immune system with things like zinc, uh, zinc, for example, has been shown to actually inhibit viral replication. So it stops the virus from reproducing itself. You know, um, obviously vitamin C and all of these other antioxidants are going to be really important. And then if you've got underlying conditions so people who have diabetes, people who have cardiovascular conditions who are overweight, these are people that are having poorer outcomes because the inflammation in their system is already quite high. And when they contract the virus, there's a higher chance that that inflammatory process is going to go completely um, crazy and you get this thing called a cytokine storm. So, you know, take care of these conditions and try to do things to, to um, Improve your health now so that, God forbid, if you were to get virus, your body already has what it needs to fight it, right? From a dietary point of view. So, even things like turmeric, which has been shown to be highly anti inflammatory, you know, and it's got so many beautiful antimicrobial properties um, and, and other various vitamins and minerals uh, that are showing promise. So, that would be my message.
0: So, really focus on nourishing your body at the moment and getting yourself in the best health so that you're ready to fight the virus, should you contract it?
1: Yeah, and whatever may come, like we don't know what else may come, right, because this virus is mutating. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we should use this time to really, like I said before, to do the self-care and to to get themselves properly assessed, look at any pre-existing conditions, look at any susceptibilities towards disease. So one of the things that I do is I have access to epigenetic DNA testing, which is wonderful because we can now see susceptibilities and weaknesses that you've inherited that could set you up to develop a disease in the future. But oh, yeah. we have access to these tests now. So if you can do that, that's amazing because you can see where the weaknesses are. And the beautiful thing about it is that by changes in lifestyle, nutrition, um, taking certain kinds of, of natural you know, compounds um, and adjusting things in your lifestyle you can actually change that trajectory and silence those genes so that you don't end up with that diagnosis mm-hmm.
0: yeah I find that fascinating I love that side of what you do really 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 interesting the fact that you can find out what you might be susceptible to and treat yourself for it in a natural way before it ever even becomes an issue
1: before it manifests absolutely yeah. so I have a lot of people who obviously are older you know and they're. 40s and 50s getting these tests done and I'm encouraging them to make sure their kids get it done you know because those the genetic code doesn't change what the child has inherited doesn't change but the manifestation the expression of the genes will change based Mm -hmm. on how you live your life.
0: Yeah 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 exactly so that you don't make the same mistakes that previous generations have made yeah,
1: absolutely and, and you can break the cycle in a way right because a lot of people for example we talk about something like diabetes you know i can't tell you how many times i've had a patient come in and say to me my doctor said that you know my parents had it there's a strong family history that, you know i'm gonna get it eventually there's nothing i can do about it and that is not true <laughs> yeah
0: yeah well your work must be so rewarding to actually change people's future in that way
1: mm-hmm. It's, it's really rewarding. I'm so, you know, blessed and privileged to, to really to be able to make that impact in people's um, just in their mindset. Like this is where everything changes is the mindset and how how their their own view of of health and their own health. You know, certainly it's very rewarding when we see the changes and they feel great um, emotionally, mentally, physically. So, yeah, I'm I, I'm really blessed in that way. Yeah, fantastic.
0: Oh, thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Fariel. I really, really enjoyed this conversation today. Really interesting. Um, So if people wanted to find you, where's the best place? I know you're at DNA Clinic in Dubai, but you travel around a lot as well.
1: so so primarily they can find me there i'm a visiting doctor so i come in once a month for a few days to treat patients in dubai i'm I'm doing a lot of virtual consults as most doctors are so i'm still treating my patients in south africa virtually um i currently reside with my husband in saudi arabia uh, most recently so I'm, i'm seeing patients there as well virtually and um you can just find me i mean if they google my name i think they'll find me on different platforms on instagram dr farrell luhar facebook what have you so yeah yeah easy to find you definitely are because i had a look yesterday
0: (laughs) (laughs) perfect and i will make sure i tag you as well when we um when we share the podcast so thank you again really really enjoyed our conversation thank you so much for joining me
1: oh my pleasure thanks a ton sarah
0: thank you Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, and I really hope you did, please take a few minutes to add a star rating and a review. Please also share with your friends who you think may find this useful. Have a fabulous day ahead.